You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma podcast. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Excited to share this episode with you today. But before we do, I've got to thank our sponsors. First of all, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. They've been a huge part of this podcast for the last few years. So the Oklahoma Hall of Fame have been sharing Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com. And for daily updates, go to oklahomahof on Instagram and give them a follow. Our other sponsor today is the Chickasaw Nation. Now, the Chickasaw Nation have sponsored pretty much everything in Oklahoma. They're a huge supporter of Oklahoma. And it's an honor to have their name and their brand supporting this podcast. So a huge shout out to Governor Anatoby for supporting this podcast. It really means a lot. Our third sponsor is Diffie Ford Lincoln down in El Reno. Now, this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine, um, play a lot of golf together. I've bought my cars from them. Do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, DiffieFord.net, and then on Instagram at DiffieFordLincoln. This episode is presented by the Choctaw Nation. The Choctaw people have a rich history and a bright future. At the Choctaw Cultural Center, you can take part in a story 14,000 years in the making. Stroll through our immersive exhibits portraying Choctaw life from the moment our ancestors emerged from the Nani Wayhai in Mississippian homelands to the Trail of Tears, where we lost so many loved ones, and finally to the modern-day tribe making a positive impact on local communities throughout southeastern Oklahoma. Try your hand at our social dancing and stickball and learn more about our vibrant culture through demonstrations, workshops, and classes. The kids will have a blast in our Luxie Activity Center. The Choctaw Cultural Center is more than a museum. It's a living, breathing experience. Visit ChoctawCulturalCenter.com to plan your visit. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, host back with another episode up in the great city of Edmond today. Uh, I came here early, so there's no traffic. It's fantastic. Uh, but we're in downtown Edmond recording at round midnight uh, a new Bar, is that what you call it? Jazz Lounge. Jazz Lounge. With uh, my music connoisseur, I'm going to call you that, Mm. because you're one of my, the only friend that I know that's really, really into the local music scene. It's a uh, good title. I actually talk to a lot. (laughs) Uh, But no Aang's on the podcast. Uh, Most people know you as Rachel's husband. Oh, yeah, that happens quite a bit. All the time. Uh, but yeah, you uh, you kind of have been, you know, I think it's been two, was it two years since we It was we two last, years ago. Yeah, two years ago we did the last podcast. Although last time someone came up to me and they said, oh, you're Noah. And I was getting ready for uh, I Know Rachel. <laughs> but it was, uh, oh, I've been following Round Midnight. Okay. And I've seen you on their posts. I'm like, that's right. Famous. Thank you. <laughs> Starting to make a name for yourself. That's right. Little yeah. by little. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, two years. What What mm-hmm. is, uh, a lot has happened in the last two years. Oh, man. Because I think when we spoke last time, it was it like was, I was just coming at, like back yeah, playing, right? Like nothing. Everything's different. Uh-huh. What's like I, I'm thrilled to have a a life, pretty much my entire adult life, where like every single year is vastly different than the year that preceded it. 
And that just keeps happening special. since I was 18. And the last two years have been uh, no exception. I mean, everything's, there's so many things I've been doing. I'll, I'll, I guess I could start talking about, I launched um, a thing called Vintage Vinyl. Mm-hmm. And so I launched that in January 2021. And it's an all vinyl DJ service that spins early jazz records. And I started that, it kind of became a little hit. I hustled up, I think it was 75 dates for it the first year. And private events, bars, lounges. And then it's now had a home here at Round Midnight, which um, Ben Knuckles and I opened uh, just right after Thanksgiving mm-hmm. this, this past year. So that's one of the big things that's been going on is vintage vinyl. It's, it's, it's like the best gig in the world. I just get to spin old cool records, jazz, hot jazz from the 20s and 30s up to pop jazz, 50s and 60s. We've been adding some like 60s cocktail music. So it's been real fun to do. Yeah. And I've got and other guys that spin when I don't. Mm. Yeah. Fun. And two years ago, like I said, that was the plan to start that up. And I think, Did I even have that plan two years ago? Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe I talked about you it. You also, because we were coming out of COVID, you also had that alter ego that mm. you played. Oh, the, the you can a suit thing? The you can a suit thing. <laughs> that, that died. That died. Of course. It was good for its time. Of course. Right? It was something uh, to do when I wasn't gigging. Yeah. And then there was, there was um, I think you were maybe just playing just jazz stuff out at, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, well, I think the funny thing was two years ago, I was starting back and I was playing a couple gigs at Burn. Yes. And then I stopped playing at Burn. Yeah. Um, they've had uh, uh, um, a bunch of different managers and I didn't gel with one of them and I wasn't there for a while. Um, but the nice thing about that was it really kicked my kicked me into gear to uh, uh, play other places. And I just started hustling that. And that's kind of how I fell into booking, which is another giant thing I've gotten into the last year and a half. I started... Um, Blue Lounge Presents, which is a boutique booking company. And it's just me. I run it. And when I started it, um, I was only handling about 10 dates a month for other musicians. And now it's up to 35 dates a month in and around the metro. I handle dates for predominantly jazz. Mm -hmm. But I've now branched out because I just said yes to a new series that's Acoustic Top 40, which is not my wheelhouse, but I just know all those guys. Acoustic Top 40. Yeah, so just like covers, just oh, popular okay. covers. Yeah, but all acoustic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just that stuff. Chill, not like headbanging music no, stuff. No, 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 no. Just like, that's that's like pretty common Oklahoma patio weather tunes. Yeah. And so I've been booking that, been booking jazz, and like I said, it's about 35 dates a month, and um, that feels manageable. Um... I keep a hard calendar. I yeah. don't have anything digital. So that's a little funny. So my calendar looks like just a bunch of scratched out dates and yeah. stuff like that. But it's a, that's been a real fun thing because it's also um, creates a lot of work for Oklahoma musicians too. Because there are places that have contacted me to start music programs. Yeah, I think the first one was Bradford House. Mm-hmm. Booking music over there. And then now I handle all the music here at Round Midnight. Um, booking, playing, doing records. And then I handle music for private events. I book a night over at Cachet at the Rose Creek Country Club. Okay. And then I also book their patio series. Yeah. Um, so just kind of all, I don't know. I've just I've started these little businesses the last two years and... 
And then, um, and then around midnight's been kind of a, a real fun thing to get going. I had met Ben and in his bookshop, Commonplace, mm-hmm. Edmund, uh, and we got going about this place. I told him he had a good idea, and before I knew it, he went and leased a spot. <laughs> It's like, I have it. Let's go. It was crazy. And then, and then it just, everything happened real fast. I mean, not that fast. It, it took a while to build out, but we've been super happy with this place. And uh, it, I think it's been a great addition to downtown Edmond and Edmond in general. And it's been a great place for me to kind of, like a blank canvas for me to paint yeah. the music I like in. Right. Which is, you know, not everyone's cup of tea, but no one dislikes it. You know what I mean? No one dislikes Billie Holiday. Right. You'll never find someone that doesn't, you know. But there'll be people that haven't listened to that stuff in a while. They'll come in, they'll listen to the records. They're like, this is great. I'm like, I know. Yeah, it's not at the front of everyone's Spotify playlist. No. Right? But it's just like the ultimate cocktail music. Right. You know, early jazz. Nothing too crazy. I play some Coltrane. Everyone always wants to hear Coltrane. Is that right? I'm like... Because like it's, know, it's just a name that everyone knows. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm not going to play this crazy stuff. I'll play Blue Train because it's like digestible and you can tap your right. foot to it. <laughs> but, you know, I'm sure there's a jazz person listening that's just uh, <laughs> writing my name down to get on Yelp later. Yell a little bit. Like you have a Yelp. Get a little angry. Right? What if I had a Yelp? Just I mean, like you, All like encompassing you, Noah Ang Yelp review. I mean, like. Not that you might not have one. I mean, the likely that you would actually go to look at the Yelp that if you hypothetically have. I mean, the same people leaving bad Yelp reviews on like restaurants and bars yeah. are the same people that leave a bad review on an on-cue gas station. Oh, I don't doubt like, it. I don't like the peanuts. One star. <laughs> it's like, you, you're just sad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Everyone, every real person I know that has a problem with a place will either just not go there mm-hmm. or go there and address the problem yeah. in a nice way. And it sometimes Don't gets fixed. Don't be a troll on the internet. Come on. It's, um, yeah, I'm not going to say what I was going to say, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's a small something energy. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think, you know, the, the talking about like, you know, the Blue Lounge Presents and, and the business that opened up, Obviously, that's nicer for you because you don't have to spend every waking hour yes. at a venue. You yes. can, you know, you already have the relationships, and the newer people coming through appreciate yeah. the chance, right? Yeah. The opportunity to say, "Hey, I've got a spot," and you take a small fee, and it's done. Yeah, you know, right? They just deal with you; they don't have to deal with the artist. You mm-hmm. know, it all comes through you. So, yeah, as a, as a to scale, yeah, it's the best way to do things. Oh yeah, right? rather than you saying, "Hey, I'm playing," you know, eight shows a week, right? Right? Yeah. Like, double stacking on a Saturday somewhere. It's just not worth it, especially now with, you know, no. August growing up and the puppy and, you know, yeah, we've got Rachel everything. all over the world. Yeah, Rachel's going, you know, she's busy. And, yeah. I, you know, that's been the fun thing is I, I've had this, I've had uh, only a, a few, a certain amount of hours per day to to hustle my businesses. And, and I'm, I'm grateful it happened that way because I get to spend tons of time with my kid. I do all the drop-offs, pickups, and then I'm able to have this good business that's yeah. that's working out pretty well for me, and I haven't had to sacrifice family time or or what have you. And um, but to your point earlier, it's yeah, it's been nice not playing as much. My December, just like any musician in town, my December was nuts, yeah. and that burned me out. I played like 18 times in December, a couple privates, and I love privates because they pay a little more, but like they're a lot of work. But I got burned out in December, and then luckily. Um, I just, 
I got to put in some work with booking and um, have my hands in a couple pies. And it's been nice laying back a little bit for sure. Yeah. And the records are great because it exudes no energy. Right. I can go spin records. I'll come early and spin records and I'll stay late because I'll just sit there and, and play cool records all night long. Right. You're just you're a record DJ. Right? That's, yeah, physically a DJ, a, yeah. A technically a disc jockey. Disc jockey. Technically jockeying discs. <laughs> no computers in sight, just records. And the funny thing is, I've switched needles out, and let's say I've been doing this a year and a half. I've switched needles out three times on those turntables where most people would never switch a needle out at home their entire life. I've burned through. We've done like, 1,500 hours of spinning, yeah. something like that. Maybe people listening will, will remember maybe having a record player at the house. Mm -hmm. I remember my dad loves um, kind of UK rock, rock and roll bands. He did love Black Sabbath and, and a few other U, US ones. And But his favorite was a band named, um, uh, why can't I remember the name of them? That's crazy. They One of their famous songs was called Rockin' over, Rockin' All Over the World. Status Quo was the okay. quo. Was what was the, their song? Rockin' All Over the World. Oh, that's right. Okay. That was kind of like their big hit. Did he used uh, to blast that at home? Well, he had record, vinyl records of it. No. And I remember as a kid, they were in the attic, and we'd converted our attic into a bedroom. And I remember just going up there, and the record player was up there, and I'm like, all these vinyl records are here. And it was also like um, Deep Purple and, you know, mm -hmm. kind of all these old school really good like when songs were like five minutes and had like a killer guitar solo and a jam right? session in the middle yeah. yeah and I just remember playing some of those and remembering that and this was the the era of like we were still listening to like kid cassette tapes sure. and CDs were slowly They're coming, coming into in, it kind yeah. of early late early to mid 90s um or mid to late 90s and I just remember like playing some of those on the record and hearing that d d d d yeah, yeah, the song yeah. would kick in right right like what was that? This is so good. Yeah. Right? There's and a physical thing to yeah. it. Yeah. And the yeah. fact that you'd lift it up, then you'd put it on and like lift oh, the needle over. Like thing. the whole process. And that's that's what I like about it the most. I've always enjoyed uh, experiences that have gear or, or like a process. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, guitar to an extent, restringing guitar or or art or or this, that, or like getting tattooed, you know, watching them put together the tattoo yeah. machine. And like... Um, and with vinyl, I've never been the guy, because sometimes I feel I might get a bad rap. Sometimes, you know, especially in the jazz world, people, you know, I, I'm definitely not a purist. Um, I, I like what I like, you know, but also with vinyl, I'm not a purist. I, there are plenty of people that will talk nonstop about music sounds better on vinyl. Like, does it? Yeah. Prove it to me. Like, I like those little blips too, and the sound of the, but that's not the music. Right. That's like the physical act of a metal needle yeah. hitting grooves, you know, on this record, going through powered speakers. And that's what I love about it. And it's tangible and like, it's heavy. Yeah. Like, I buy, I try to buy local as much as possible. I, I, I luck out all the time in Guthrie. I go to the antique shops in Guthrie on Oklahoma Avenue. Not surprised. Oh, man. And, like far more than anywhere else. Like I like going to guest room records. Big shout out to guest room records. But like I also know if I go there and I'm buying a new record, it's going to cost me 30 bucks. Yeah. And that's a lot of money for a record. And I go up to Guthrie and like I went up there a couple of days ago and I went into one place and he had two new crates of records. Mm -hmm. And this was a shop that usually doesn't have records. And he was like, oh, some woman brought these, estate sale, dollar a piece. I bought 20 of them. <laughs> Take the box. 20 bucks. Yeah. And like, I, and all of them are good. 
they're all good. And so it's been, that's the hunt's been really fun. And then if people want specific stuff, because sometimes people come up and ask for requests and generally I won't have it because you have to have the actual copy. But sometimes it works out, but sometimes people will be like, oh, you really got to add this record. And the last time someone did that, they were like, oh, do you have um, Zuby, 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 Zuby Zoo by Sophia Loren? And I'm like, I do not. And I went on eBay right there and I ordered it, found it, got it, shipped it. Now I play Zuby, Zuby, Zoo because someone wanted it. And it's on red vinyl, so it looks super cool. Yeah. But that's been, yeah, the, the hunt is really fun for that stuff. And Round Midnight sounds so good with the vinyl, too. It's like just a match made in heaven. And the rig that we had built for Round Midnight um, was built, it's, it's housed in a, um, a vintage dresser. And it's made by, do you know Adam Bradshaw, Midbin? So this guy, Adam Bradshaw, has a company called Midbin, and it's, um, he refurbishes and sells and buys um, mid-century furniture. Okay. And, like, we've got too much of his stuff. I think I follow his Instagram. You, you probably do. And, yeah. like, Rachel's got a ton of his stuff at the studio. You said Midbin? Midbin. Yeah, I definitely follow his Instagram. And he, I told him what I wanted to do, and he was like, you know what would work would be an old dresser. We'll just gut it, mm-hmm. wicker the front. And that can be your shell. And we did it. It looks great. And so that's been the yeah. the rig here at Round Midnight. Yeah, for everyone listening, it's mid underscore bin OKC on Instagram. And it is very, very nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Adam's got all the coolest stuff. Yeah. If you're into mid-century furniture yeah. or just stuff in general, like all, even random stuff. Like I needed a, I needed a, a stool to play gigs in because my back hurts all the time. And I was like, I need a cool stool that's like a bar stool with a back. He's like, I got you. Text me a picture like 20 minutes later. It's like, how about this one? I'm like, sold. So he's great. I love him. Yeah. So talk a little bit about then how this came about. Because I'm sure, and, and for people listening, I'll link the previous episode below so they can go back and listen to your origin story and the whole moving from Iowa, right, to L.A. Uh, Minnesota. Minnesota from L.A. No one knows um, the difference. Yeah, it's exactly. the middle of the country. It's up this. Uh, you know, <laughs> that cold. whole dream of, you know, going to L.A. and, you know, meeting Rachel and all that kind of thing. That's right. Um, did, back then, mm-hmm. did you ever think that, you know what, one day I am going to own a bar? No. I mean... Because for some people it's a goal. It's a really cool thing to say, well, right? Hey, I own this cool bar. You know, it's... Uh, it's I feel like it's a lot of people's goal, but it's their goal because they want a clubhouse. Yes. Um, and I haven't, I haven't been drinking the last two years, so that definitely wasn't a interest of mine to, to get a place where I could go hide and, and drink. <laughs> um, but it happened, this is what I love about Oklahoma, is it happens so naturally as everything has for, it's, everything's been a lot of hard work, but these opportunities keep coming up for my wife and myself. Uh-huh. And with elbow grease and work, these things are achievable and doable. Um, in my wife's case, um, a lot more elbow grease. <laughs> you know, but um, totally. Some, some might say workaholic. Yes. <laughs> she gets after She it. doesn't have enough time to listen to this anyway, so it's okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, these things just happen organically. And it, you know, I guess you were you asking about the origin of, of uh, yeah, Midnight? Like, like how, how that comes about. So, I, you know, I had met Ben a couple times. My kid likes going into Commonplace, which is a great bookstore here. And we had been to his original Commonplace in Midtown. 
And um, I just remember being, you know, saying hi to him. I don't think we had known each other's names, but I had been into this one in Edmond five or six times, bought some books. And I had just started vintage vinyl and I was like hustling up places for it. And I, as we were leaving, I was like, hey man, um, I just started this vinyl business. If you ever want to do a pop-up here, if you have private events or whatever, here's my info. And he said, that sounds great. I've actually been thinking about doing a vinyl pop-up. Um, so we put one on the books and we did it like three weeks later. I brought my mobile rig and it was great. It was just mm -hmm. a super vibe. We invited people and it felt exactly like Round Midnight Fields, but it was just at his bookstore. Mm -hmm. And we did that again the next month and we got to chatting and we started becoming friends. Now we're, we're very good friends. And, and, um, and, and we had talked about, you know, what I was doing and, and what I wanted to do. And I, I had just mentioned, I was like, you know, it'd be great. You know, eventually I'd like to own, eventually I'd like a, a jazz bar, mm -hmm. but I don't know exactly how to do it. I, I, I like a, I like, I think my, my initial goal is I want a supper club. Sure. That has jazz, you know, but yeah. like a, a lot of moving parts. Kind of like R&J's in downtown? Um... Because that's the only one we have, right? Yeah. The only real one, I would say. It would be more like if you took like any one of our steakhouses that we have and put a jazz okay. stage in it. Sure. More, more, you know. But yeah, kind of like that or juniors or... Um, and so uh, just in passing, I, I say that to him and he's like, you know what? I've been thinking that my next concept could be a bar in downtown mm -hmm. Edmond. And I'm like, sounds cool. And before I knew it, he had... Uh, leased this space yeah. and he's like I'm going to do it he's like you want to do it with me and I was like well yeah I'll help out as much as I can I'll, I'll do everything you need you know and um, so I was here before day one and it, I was here when we exposed the bricks and um, Ben put all the work into helping get this place designed and built and uh, built out and um, my job here is all the music programming so all the booking of the music, um, anything to do with the piano. We've got this, I sourced this great 74 Steinway upright from Edmund Music. And, um, you know, Ben likes to run ideas by me and we collaborate. And um, he's really brought me in as a, as kind of a, just a partner in the place. And he and I are in talks about doing more things together, which we'll talk about next time we chat, hopefully. And so that's how that, it just came around naturally. And, um, ben, to his credit, made it happen. He's Mr. Community and Mr. Edmund, and um, people love giving him the platform to do things. He just hosted this great outdoor dinner called Middle of the Road. Okay. And uh, this is their second one. They're trying to do it every six months. And it's an outdoor dinner uh, just this way of, of downtown Edmond, and they had 350 people outside eating a catered dinner. On one long table, on one, British yeah. Bake Off style. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And the first one, I think, was like, like it's a hundred, uh, under 200. Yeah. So it almost doubled. They want to do it every six months. We'd like to do it out in the street mm. next time. But uh, he just has this knack for bringing community together, and it's been great for me because it's, he's got this chill energy, and it forces me to bring my energy down. I don't think I'm high strung, but like, Compared to Ben, I'm a little high strung. Everyone compared to Ben is high strung, right? <laughs> so it's been great for me because like becoming friends with him because like I get to check my energy. 
Right. I'm like, all right, I'm calm now. Cause yeah. I'm around Ben. I got to chill out. But he's also like, for as chilled out as he is and has kind of, you know, softly spoken and as calm as he comes across, he is a doer. Yeah. Oh, a big which, time which, connector yeah, and which, doer. Which is not what you'd think. No. Right. When you meet him, he's like, oh, he's chill. He's laid back. He does his thing. No yeah. big deal. No. Like one thing like after that. another, he tackles yeah. these big projects. And, and, uh, so it's been a great partnership for me, uh, both personally, uh, you know, in a friendship and business wise. And, um, so that's been great. And so that's how around midnight happened. And, you know, the first month we opened, um, black Friday day after Thanksgiving huh. and we were open kind of the, the test month was we were open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we were doing these reservations. You bought a ticket that included drinks, um, and we had a charcuterie board, which I can now pronounce correctly. Not, it's not chachakar or charcuterie. <laughs> I wasn't raised with those. I don't know. Yeah. But um, cheese board. Yeah, cheese board, cheese and stuff and crackers. Um, but now it's just open door policy. There's never reservations needed. Um, first come, first serve with seating. Um, and uh, live music every Friday and Saturday. Usually vinyl nights, Wednesdays and Thursdays. We got jazz piano on Tuesdays. So, yeah, it's been great. Yeah, it's, um, I'm, and just stepping in here, I'm like, I'd love, like, the design, right? Yeah. Guys done a great job with just kind of the feeling, use vibe as a buzzword, the, you know, the brick looks right. great. Um, people have been calling it Edmund's living room, which I think is fitting. <laughs> That's very fitting. <laughs> yeah, you got people coming in here saying, I want that couch, I'll take that chair, which yeah, is exactly pretty, what I said, right? Pretty much, yeah. Um, no, it's great. It looks awesome. I'm sure it's great with, like you said earlier, before we started recording, it's great with 10 people in here, it's great with 100 people in here. Yeah, no, definitely. It's one of those places that it, it only seats, like seated, I think it's, what are we, about 30 seats or so? Yeah. So you get 25 people in here, it looks full. Mm -hmm. But you get 50 people in here, it's like, uh, it's a party. Yeah. Which is great. I mean, it's perfect size for what this is. And have people rented out like the entire space? Just said, hey, I want to throw a party here. Can I rent the space out? You know, um, here yet. and there, yeah. We're, we're trying to be a little picky about that. Not, not in who gets it, but we're, we're trying never to close down yeah. on a Friday or Saturday because this is such a community space. Yeah. The last thing we want to do is close down for a private and have to turn away 50 people. That's just not good for business. Yeah. So it's always available to do parties on, uh, during the day or for happy hours. We really encourage businesses and parties to come do happy hours, but we're also not open Sundays and Mondays. So if anyone ever wants to throw a party on a Sunday, you know, yeah. let me or Ben know. We'll make it happen. Pretty easy to open the I mean, door. Yeah, I mean, just even a great spot for just a lunch birthday party, right? Oh, Early for sure. afternoon birthday, kind of want yeah. to get together. And it's pretty, I mean, people ask all the time, they're like, can I bring a cake in here? We're like, yeah. Yeah, bring whatever bring you want. Bring a cake. Yeah. I'm not going to charge you. <laughs> just bring a cake in. Yeah, bring, yeah, just let me have some. And we don't have a kitchen right now. Maybe that'll change somewhere down the road, but people bring in food all the time. You can bring in food, you know, come and have a good time. Right. And what's been great about this place too, which we noticed almost instantaneously, Barely anyone's on their phones. Yeah. Which is like, name another place. Unheard of. Name another place. Right. I'll look out. And because I, like I mentioned before, like I'm, I don't drink these days. I'm not on a soapbox about it. I just don't do it. Yeah. But since I don't, I'm acutely aware, because I spend a lot of time in, in bars, mm -hmm. acutely aware of what's going on. Even though if a lot of people aren't aware of what's going on around them. Right. And like, so I sit there and I'll spin records or I'll play. And I'm like, no one's on their phones. Right. Everyone's talking to each other. 
And that's the nice thing is like, it's, it's not a listening room. So some, some jazz, some players that are booked here will be like, wow, it was a little loud. I'm like, yeah, yeah. it's not for people to snap, snap at you, mm-hmm. clap. It's like, come have a conversation. Right. You can be loud. You know, jazz was the original party music. Yeah. People forget that. Yeah. It was party music. It was not sophisticated. Yeah. Let's sit and pretend we're special music. It was just like, this is what's going on. This is the party. Here's the music in the corner. Yeah. And that's what it feels like in here. And that's what, that's what we kind of set out to do. So. so talking of jazz music then in the last two years, has, has Oklahoma City just kind of been more welcoming to, I know obviously it's had a jazz scene and, yeah. and the jazz lab's been great and UCO's uh-huh. done a great job of, of kind of bringing that in <coughs> and always has that. But like as far as, you know, in a venue, restaurant, bar space, yeah. well, how has that been received in the last two years of you doing, you know, this stuff? It's blown up. Yeah. Quite honestly. And it's not, it's not, you know, I, I, I like to think I have a very, very, very small role in that. Um, but it's there's this rich history, especially down in Deep Deuce of jazz, um, mainly with Charlie Christian, who is the young Oklahoma jazz guitar player. His guitar, I believe, is still hanging in the Hall of Fame. It's somewhere. It's yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Which there's a podcast on that coming out, actually. Oh, that's right. Might you told me about before that. this one. I don't know. Yeah, I just haven't edited it. Um, House with Anita Arnold, who has That's the whole, right because the, the, the jazz his Charlie Christian Jazz Festival is coming up right second week of June yeah first second week of June so yeah, that yeah, so that kid I mean Charlie Christian was the, the uh, arguably the first star of the electric guitar because yeah. um, just to, how timing worked with the amplification and but so there's that rich history and and like I said I've only I've only been here five years but um, so I can't speak to the last you know decades and decades of, of a jazz scene here. All I know is that in the last few years, um, a few places will pop up like this or like Cache in the Rose Creek Hundred Club, um, which are specifically geared towards jazz. Uh, but you will also have a ton of places have jazz nights. Um, VZDs has a jazz night. The Blue Note has a jazz night. Excuse me. Um, Bradford House, which I book, has a jazz night. And um, I think people are, you know, the whole, the goal is to not take away any gigs from anyone else, but I think that there's, there's been so much um, of the acoustic kind of singer songwriter, red dirt thing here, which um, is great and has its own vibe, but uh, there is something to be said about jazz, early American roots music that as an entertainment that sets the vibe perfectly for so many places and even places that wouldn't necessarily be a jazz place like VZDs and having a great jazz night. Um, So I've definitely seen this bump and it's been great because all the players I know in town are thrilled that there's more work than ever. And um, I don't know where that's going to go other than I hope to see a few more places like Round Midnight that are a little more geared towards that. Because you can make a, a, a jazz night anywhere, but it's still not. doesn't mean it's a vibey jazz club. Not that we need 20 vibey <laughs> jazz clubs, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a cool little, cool little thing to see. Like I said, I don't know where it's going, but I think everyone's enjoying where it's at right now for sure. And there's so many good players here. Yeah. That's the cool thing. There's so many good players. And I'm, I'm meeting new ones all the time. And now that I book, 
I book a ton of dates for people. People are coming to me. They're coming to me with friends. They're like, you should check out this person. You should check out this person. And now I'm like, if I need a vibes player, I'm like, who, who, like I'll ask a couple people. Who do you know that does this? And I'll just, person after person, a lot of cool players in town. Yeah, it's, and it, I mean, you got to try and introduce people to that, right? you got to introduce people to, you know, not like, is this... Um, you know, it's kind of like a blend, right? Yeah. It's not like, hey, this is, we're not going, you know, we're not going from like what you listen to every weekend at your whatever bar right. into like strict, like this is, you know, this is jazz or no, this no. is blues. It's like, okay, let's slowly. Massage it in. Yeah, right? And then people like, you know, you throw in a song every, you know, every, every three songs you might throw in one they know. Right. Right? And then it's like, hey, let me, let me educate you a little bit. Well, that's what's been nice about vintage vinyl too is, is, uh, is, it's not music that everyone listens to. Right. Um, but it's, it always kills. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves it. And it's because it's a vibe. It fits the room. And like, it's just cool. There's no denying it's cool music. You know, early jazz, early rhythm and blues. It's just, it's got that soul to it. With live music, yeah, no, you're not going to have a hard line of, of this is now what everyone listens to. Of course not. But I think supplying, because my thing with... Um, booking with Blue Lounge Presents, my tagline's been music that fits the room. Because uh-huh. like, how many times have you been in a, a restaurant, and this happens all the time. Like I was in a Mexican restaurant the other day, which will remain nameless. And I'm not joking, I sit down to order some food and, and the song Barbie Girl from the 90s is playing. Oh, that's a, just- And I'm like, how, this yeah. is not fit, this, is, this does not work. No. Am I saying that you need Nortenio music? No. Do you need Ranchero music? No. But like, it's got to fit the room somehow. Yeah. And so I feel like there's, there's always been a few places in town I've walked into and I'm like, oh man, you took it 95% of the way there. Yeah. And music is such a, it's such a sensory thing. You know, it's like walking into a bakery and it smells like baked goods. If you walked into a bakery and it smelled like a tire store, it'd be weird, you know? It's like having that music and having, even if you just have a a Spotify playlist in your restaurant or your bar or your business, put some thought into it. Like that has so much to do with vibe and what people like. That's why I always, I always reference when I talk about vintage vinyl, I reference Billie Holiday and Fats Waller. I'm like, I could just play Fats Waller and Billie Holiday and it would just set that vibe anywhere I go. And that's what I want people to hear that and be like, okay, this is nice. I can chill. I can relax. But yeah, it's slowly, it's kind of just creeping it into people's minds that like, hey, this music's still here. Right. It was super cool. This is from Americans, uh, what, what's called the greatest generation. That's what it's dubbed, you know, of the 30s. And, and uh, for a lot of reasons, that's correct. And I don't think music's gotten much better since. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. Since then. A lot of people will argue with me on that, but that's a whole different discussion. Uh, yeah, I would agree with you there because, like, you know, there's not that many. There's very few great songwriters out there now, right? And well, I think because of MTV and radio, like, everyone needs a shorter song, right? So no one gets to express. I guess. You know, those verses yeah. and people playing. have no um, patience. Yeah. And they need to be hit fast. Which the, the, the rule used to be don't bore us, get to the chorus when you're writing a song. Yeah. But now I feel like that's just like taken. It's just like that, that it has to be the first two seconds of the song have to be in your face gotcha. and ready to go. Yeah. Otherwise, people aren't into it. I mean, can you imagine 
just some of those songs, you hear the stories of like, you know, probably all the, all the songs your dad's into that were like seven minutes. Yeah. And the record companies had to fight to get those on the radio. Yeah. And then they stayed on the radio for well, 50 like years. The whole Queen Bohemian Rhapsody right. story. Exactly. Right? Ex- perfect example. And I think the radio station played it like back to back. Yeah, <laughs> like just probably. To, you know, just to kind of like, hey, you know, we're going to stick it to whoever it is. And that was only, you know, a few decades after the two minute, 30 second rock songs. Yeah. You know, that was, that was, uh, the 60s just blasted that whole door wide open for, yeah. for that stuff. But Yeah, I just, it's just because there's, you know, it's just, it's a patient song, right? Yeah. And there's not, you know, yelling at you and, and heavy yeah. kind of get into it straight away. I don't, yeah, I don't think we're going to go backwards, uh, you know, um, again, this is probably a whole nother topic, but I, you know, uh, I feel like there's going to be a generation of kids that walks away from tech. Yeah. I, I hope soon it's been a real uh it's been work keeping my kid uh off of tech right he's not a techie kid how old's august now he's six and a half okay he's almost seven he's barely ever ever barely ever on an ipad i'm not even saying that to boast i'm just like that's what we set out that was one of our goals was just like no we're gonna have an involved kid when we're at restaurants he's gonna learn how to talk to he's gonna be nice to be nice to the staff to ask them questions, ask them how their day is. And, and that's what he does. And um, it's nothing against tech. Tech is a huge part of our lives. But it has to do with music, too. I mean, there's this short attention span, you know, and he's just got, I mean, what? I don't even, I, I tried to listen to FM radio the other day, and it was unlistenable. Yeah. Unlistenable. I was like, this, I mean, it's not even, I'm not even that old to be the guy that's I, like I walked to school uphill both ways. But like, it's garbage. There's no argument. Right. You can't argue with me that that's good music. It just, that, that's not possible. Just from a, I don't know, from a science standpoint. Right. It just sounds bad, yeah. you know? I'd love to see the numbers on just kind of in the last five to 10 years, how many people actually still listen to radio <laughs> I mean, I, it's got to be low. Just throw it's got to be low. Spotify playlist or your app, Apple Music or Amazon Music or and, when you jump in the car. And don't get me wrong, like I, there's plenty of contemporary music I have enjoyed, and I loved rock and roll and the, the boom of it in the early 2000s, and like, uh, you know, everything up to like 2000, maybe five or six, seven, eight, and then I just stopped listening to contemporary yeah. rock <laughs> music because there was nothing. Nothing. I mean, I remember like the last. Because I, I was more into rock and roll when I was a kid. And I remember like that when, when Velvet Revolver came out, you know, members of Guns N' Roses and Stone Temple Pilots. That was like the last thing that happened. That was the last rock thing that happened. Like, tell me another, tell me a band, a rock band from 2017. Like, I have no clue. Maybe I'm ignorant to it, but like, are they doing it? I hope it comes back more. It's you know, got to. It's got I mean, to. like... I mean, history repeats itself, it, right? So it's got to come back. It's got to, but you also have to have kids that are willing to learn how to play instruments, yeah. which is another thing, because, like, people always ask, oh, does your kid play music? I'm like, oh, not yet. Like, he hasn't shown, like, an incredible interest. Right. When he does, I'll nurture that if he wants. But I want him to learn music because it's a good um, discipline. Mm-hmm before anything else it's good to learn something it takes time it takes 10,000 hours to become good at something and that's to become like that's to start being good at it you know so 
I hope we have a generation that walks away from tech a little bit. You know, this goes back to punk rock. I feel like, I feel like there's, you know, punk rock happens every 20 years mm-hmm. or so. And so we'll see. We need some more punk rock kids. Yeah, we need some more, like... Um, we need some dirty kids playing, in, playing guitar. Yeah. That's what we need. We need more dirty skateboarding kids playing guitar. Yeah. <laughs> Not just skateboarding. Right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's... Uh, no, I agree with you. I think... Um, yeah, there's just... Like, I'm just thinking of Johnny Rotten. Yeah, right. right. Like, back in the day, like, Rage Against the Machine or whatever. Sure. You know, just kind of that group of... Yeah, or the whole punk scene from, from L.A. in the early 80s. Like, us against them thing. Yeah. Be really I, fun to see again. It would be really fun to see. Um, not that these are super punk rock and they're kind of mainstream now, but Blink-182 are coming back. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, pop, pop punk. Pop punk is back. I just, so they started. They, they did tour. Coachella, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's back. That, said, that says everything you need to yeah, know. Yeah, that's right? back. And that's real punk rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Talking of kind of live music, um, one of my favorite artists is coming to town this week, Gary Clark Jr. Oh, yes. Playing at Jones. That's right. Are you going to be there? I'm not going to be there. No. Um, I'm terrible about going out. Yeah. I'm like your wife. I don't like going out. Um, but that's going to be a good show. So good. And like, I, I really respect that guy and he came up like the right way doing it. Like he came up under Jimmy Vaughn in Texas and was just like that kid that showed up at all of Jimmy's gigs and, and like he did it the right way. And he's super authentic and super cool. And that's going to be a great show. And, you know, Graham's been doing such a, our mutual friend, Graham Colton's been doing such a great job with Jones and they've been getting so many cool acts. And I feel like they're, they're sitting pretty for a nice summer. I saw Gorgol Bordello's coming there. Okay. Who's that? Which is, it's like a, where are they from? Eastern European, like punk gypsy band. Okay. Been around for like 20 plus years. But they just had Blues Traveler. They got Gary, Gary Clark Jr. That's going to be a fun show. I'm not going to lie. I tried to get on that show. I tried to open oh, up. Well, yeah. <laughs> Why not? I'm less merciless about it these days. <laughs> but like, if I see something that comes up, I text Graham right away. I'm like, hey, you know, be a good op- opener for this? Yeah. Me. A good opener or even a pre-opener. Yeah. Like, just get me there. I'll just play in the parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> but there's so much involved in getting on those shows and that, there's usually, you know. It's just like a tour thing, right? They've got the tour. Oh, they've either got an open. opener already or like, yeah. imagine, imagine you're coming to town and you're selling out Jones. Would you want someone that you haven't vetted yourself opening up for you? Yeah, of course. Absolutely not. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I wouldn't either. Yeah. It's like, I don't know why I'd expect anything else from anyone else. You did open for Graham, though, on his return to the stage. <laughs> yeah, we did, right? play, we did play in front of Graham for his, for his 20-year homecoming. And I know he's been doing a couple more of those across the country, so that's pretty cool. Um, but now, are you, you're going to be at that show, obviously. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm pumped. It's going to be a good gig. And, you know, I, I've seen him a few times now. Um, I've seen him every time he's come to Canes. Last year, he actually added Oklahoma City to it because he, he was in Canes back to back years. And then last year, he finally added Oklahoma City after Canes, but it was a criterion. And now this uh, year, he's playing after, I think, before Canes at Jones. Isn't that great that we're getting those artists here, though? That's amazing. Like, I love Canes, right? I love going to Tulsa for music, but oh, yeah. the fact that he's coming here saves me an hour and 30 minutes driving up and back, you know? Yeah, and that's a big credit to, to Graham and, yeah. and the Jones camp and, like, you know, Chad and the Tower camp. Like, um, it's, we, we have to capture these mid, 
mid-level acts. Mm -hmm. You just have to. Yeah. And, and there are even acts that are that are below that, that I know that that's why places like Beer City are opening up to yeah. capture that smaller group. But like, we need those. I, I've got plenty of friends on the road. I, I know a ton of musicians. And I will constantly see uh, them post their tour dates, going on a summer tour, doing this month and a half, doing these two weeks. And I'm like, what is this, the Everywhere But Oklahoma City tour? Right. I joke about, like, yeah. my one buddy... He's done like four tours that have, it looks like he's directly routing around where we live. Yeah. And I'm like, I'll book you a show. Uh -huh. Just, I'll pay for it. Just start building your audience here. Because people will, you can build an audience here, you know? I understand it's financial and like, it's, especially if you have a full band, like you don't want to take a day off. And, but geez, come here. We got people that like music. You know, come to a small yeah. club. I, you know, I think it's a big missed opportunity for a lot of bands that are routing their tours. I agree. And I think music is huge here. People don't realize how big music is. Like the last couple of weeks ago, I had Greg Upchurch on drummer from Three Doors Down. Oh, okay, yeah. He lives in Kingston, Oklahoma. He's just opened up a coffee shop in Kingston. He's actually going back on tour this year. And Is it called Three Doors Grounds? <laughs> no, it should be. It's called the Rocky, Greg's Rocking Goat Cafe. That's not um, what I was thinking. <laughs> no, it's what I'm saying. But, uh, you know, he, he was like, he was part of that early rock era, right? He's right. in his 50s. He played on Puddle of Mud first. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, he was kind kind of in the sound garden view and sure. then he gets into three doors down, but he's going on the tour and he literally said to me, we're literally touring the coasts. Like when you look yeah. at, we're yeah. not playing Texas, Oklahoma and just draw a straight line up the middle of the country. Yeah. We're not playing any of those States. We're doing coast. Like first starts in Boston, he's just down the coast and then goes to California and down yeah. the coast. Which is crazy. I mean, there's, yeah. there, there's markets and there are anchor dates to get you anywhere in the States. Right. And um, granted, I'm not on the road right now, but I've done a lot of road time. And there's no reason bands can't come yeah, exactly. here. I mean, <laughs> there are guys in Texas that make their whole living just playing in Texas. Yeah. Huge scenes. Mm -hmm. And don't tell me that, like, you can't play Tulsa and not play here. That's the crazy thing. It's like, oh, yeah. It, I, especially if you have a day off. Right. Like, if you're playing Canes and then you've got Dallas in three days, yeah. what are you doing? Right. Come here and make a couple bucks. You're not going to lose money. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Maybe it's the fact that, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's the Tex-Mex. <laughs> At that Barbie playing Mexican restaurant. <laughs> it will remain nameless. Um, finishing up, what's, up, what's coming up next? What you got your eye on? What are you and Ben working on, scheming about? You know, what's the plan? We've got something that um, I, we need to kick down the road a little bit before I talk about. But okay. we're just going to keep um, working on Round Midnight. Um, we, we're talking about putting a back patio in here. Right uh -huh. now there's not a back patio. So build, building that out, um, just continuing to grow this business. Um, and really, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with where I'm landing musically. I, I, I play just a few times a month. I spin records a good amount. Um, vintage vinyl is growing at a natural rate. I've kind of learned to take things naturally. I have goals yeah. that I make every January or every you know uh, New Year's Eve for the year, financial goals, things I want to do. But I've really learned in kind of a Eastern philosophy way of just you kind of got to ride it and just mm -hmm. kind of go with it and take what comes and take the opportunities and 
don't try to push things. So really, you know, if you want to come hang out with me, I'm at Round Midnight quite a bit, spinning records Wednesdays and Thursdays, usually. Um, I'm playing here a couple times a month. And uh, just grow this place, work on a couple other things, try to spend as much time with my family as possible, try to get uh, my wife to chill as much as possible. And a, That's a never-ending right. task. And then my kid's got summer coming up, so I, I'm going to try to keep him busy. That's the funny thing is I've taken on so much work this year that this year this summer is going to be a, a balancing act of my kid, his day camps, all my business, gigs, bookings. It's going to be a, a fun summer to figure out, but we're here for it. And hopefully I get to swim a bunch with my kid, which is, I taught him to swim a couple of years ago and now we like to swim a lot. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Good. Uh, last thing, you recently got a new hat. I did. Tell me about it. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. I never, I, I, they look cool to me, right? Yeah. I don't think I could ever pull one off. Everyone says that until they wear a hat. I've never tried You know it. what the key is? Tilt it to the left. Literally that down, That's it. down into the left or just to the left? Doesn't have to be down to the left. No. As long as it's not like way back into the left. Ah, uh, true. Yeah. If you look at every cool picture of a guy in history with a hat on, it's tilted. Yeah. Usually to the left. Okay. Men used to dress cool. They used to. There's no question about it. Yeah. I'm trying to bring that back somehow. It's, a, it's, it's an uphill battle. I need a clothing sponsor. You do. To bring that Maybe back. Maybe you could have a hat sponsor. And yeah. so this hat came about... Ben had hired this guy named John Gang, G-A-N-G, to take photos of the bar. He's kind of new to uh, Oklahoma. Him and his wife moved here, I believe, from Florida this last time. Um, They just had a baby. And uh, he's a brilliant photographer. He came in and took a bunch of vibey pictures here. He's done it a few times. We hired him to take pictures of some musicians for headshots. And uh, he always had a cool lid on. And, and we had a conversation. He's like, oh, yeah, I make hats. I'm like, what do you mean you make hats? There's no one here that makes hats. That's like an <laughs> Austin, Texas thing or, yeah. a, or, a, or a California desert thing. And I think it's called millinery. Is that what? Maybe? Yeah. So it's John Gang Millinery. Yeah, that's his Instagram. And um, he doesn't have a ton of stuff on that Instagram, but you can go check it out. And I was like, make me a hat. And then, we re- and then I, that's how I realized how big my head was. <laughs> and so I've got a gigantic head. And he made me this hat, and I love it. He made me this fedora with a wide brim. I like a wide brim hat. And he's getting more into it these days. He's, he's juggling a lot of different kind of careers, but I really want him to get more busy with it. And if you ever need a custom lid... John Gang Millinery. Yeah. Hit him up. I'll give you his info. So I, I love that. I've got it in my car right now. Ready. Ready to wear. You think it's just a wind thing in Oklahoma that nobody wears hats? Or is it just like, because I have a couple, I have, t- I have you and another friend that can, like, I see pull hats off. I mean, they're those no, style of hats anyway. Not a lot of people wear those hats. No. You know, like Adam Aguilar wears a hat. Yeah. I think that's the only other guy I can think of. <laughs> but, uh, and, and it's funny because as soon as John uh, reached out to me, or as soon as we talked about hats, I texted Adam right away. I was like, oh, got a hat guy. found a hat guy. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's got a guy. I'll let you know, you know, when I yeah. get a hat. Um, but no, it's, it's not the wind. It's the, the guys don't wear hats anymore. No. And, and, and the funny thing is, 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 is you know, and it gets labeled as like, oh, oh, oh. Oh, it was just so hip. Well, I couldn't pull off a hat. 
Well, just wear a hat. It's not pulling it off. Right. What if I said I couldn't? Well, I, well, I can't pull off shirts. I'll just sit around shirtless forever. Just go Kid Rock and it's wear like, a vest. No, you can pull off shirts. Anyone can pull off shirts. Anyone can wear a hat. And like, John can make anything you want. Like, if you want a top hat, get a yeah. top hat. Find your thing. A bowler hat. I think you could do a bowler. <laughs> Winston Churchill style. I mean, you know. <clears throat> excuse me. That, every man used to wear a hat. It's insane. Yeah. You know, it was party, part of the getup. And I am not a, you know, I, I know some guys that like just live in the past. And they like, if, especially guys that play the kind of music I play, they like source denim from the 30s. And they live like that. Yeah. And if I'm not gigging, I look like a skateboarder from the 90s. Like, I have a completely different at-home right. dress. Um, but, yeah, hats are great. Check out John Gang. Yeah. Oh. So I have to do, I'll put his Instagram in, in, down below as do well, it. so you can check that out, as well as uh, Midbin. Um, and yours. Um, Thank you. All of your three Instagrams, No A, Vintage Final OKC, and then Blue Lounge Presents. That's right. Um, yeah, for people listening, they should reach out. Vintage Vinyl is an easy way to uh, add music that fits the room yeah. into your establishment. Always available for private events, too. Yeah. How's that been with the private events stuff? Good? Private events are great. Yeah. They're few and far in between because it's a very specific yeah. niche. Right. But the ones that I've done have been fantastic. Super. Super. And then remind people what, when this place is open, around midnight. Around midnight is open right now, 4 p.m. to around midnight, uh-huh. um, Tuesday through Saturday. So we hope to uh, uh, start opening during some days as well. And we hope to add some daytime shifts to that and yeah. kind of have like a a.m. p.m. bar. Cool. But right now, Tuesday through Saturday, live music Tuesdays, Fridays and Saturdays, vintage vinyl Wednesdays and Thursdays. And music on Tuesday starts 6, goes 6 to 9. Every other night is about 7 to 10. Super. Yeah. Well, good, mate. Good, yeah. uh, it's good catch up after two years. I mean, Absolutely. obviously, we've seen each other since then, but yeah. like, you know, um, we've done, we actually looked at some houses together for a friend of yours. We did. Uh, <laughs> beautiful house. Oh, um, man. Yeah. And uh, I'm assuming that didn't no. last on the market too long. No, I did not. And the, I, look, we, I did send him the one that's in Tulsa right now, the, uh, with the, which is wild, the Franklin Lloyd Frank, Frank Lloyd. There's a Frank Lloyd Wright House. House in Tulsa? Oh, yeah. Show but, it to me when we're done. Yeah, well, anyway. Uh, yeah, if people listening have probably seen it. If not, um, I you should it. look it up. I it is incredible. Um, and if you can't find it, send me a DM on Instagram and I'll send it to you. Because uh, I posted a picture of it on Instagram. Uh, but yeah, for people listening, uh, I'll post all the links to all the Instagrams we mentioned and come to Edmund, come to around midnight, come hang out, come to listen to some, um, jazz music Love from, uh, Noah spinning decks, uh, Behind, on the ones on and the twos. ones and twos, a, an actual disc jockey. <laughs> and, uh, we'll catch you next episode. Cheers. Hope you guys enjoyed that great episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, huge shout out to our sponsors, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, share an Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at oklahomahof. Our other sponsor, the Chickasaw Nation, amazing sponsor they do amazing things for the state and they're always sponsoring something in oklahoma they're a huge supporter of oklahoma and without their support we wouldn't be able to do what we do
And Our third sponsor is Diffie Ford Lincoln down in El Reno. Now, this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine, um, play a lot of golf together. I've bought my cars from them, do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, DiffieFord.net, and then on Instagram at DiffieFordLincoln. This episode is presented by the Choctaw Nation. The Choctaw people have a rich history and a bright future. At the Choctaw Cultural Center, you can take part in a story 14,000 years in the making. Stroll through our immersive exhibits portraying Choctaw life from the moment our ancestors emerged from the Nani Weha in Mississippian homelands to the Trail of Tears, where we lost so many loved ones, and finally to the modern-day tribe making a positive impact on local communities throughout southeastern Oklahoma. Try your hand at our social dancing and stickball and learn more about our vibrant culture through demonstrations, workshops, and classes. The kids will have a blast in our Luxie Activity Center. The Choctaw Cultural Center is more than a museum. It's a living, breathing experience. Visit ChoctawCulturalCenter.com to plan your visit. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram. 